Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode here at Divine Downloads. If you're new to my podcast, my name is Angel. I'm the founder of Holistic Fashionista, and we are a community-based platform supporting those who are here to help create the new earth. And as you know, all of my guests here at the podcast are definitely here helping to create the new earth. I've got the fabulous Mindy Searcy, who I've known for years and years and years. She is the founder of the North Georgia Yoga Center and Mindy Yoga. She is also a soul coach. And today we're going to be discussing how to clean up your likes and dislikes in order to ascend. So I'm really excited for this topic. Thank you for being here, Mindy. Let's get into it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this subject because it usually makes people a little uncomfortable. And I believe that when we're a little uncomfortable, there's massive insights to be had for our ascension. Perfect. And you know, it's interesting because we think about our likes and dislikes as, as a way of discernment. It's also a way to kind of uh, find community who share the same belief system. So what is your overall um, opinion about, you know, what, where our likes and dislikes play a role in our ascension? Because I mean, at the end of the day, what we don't like has just as much to teach us as the things that we do like. So let's start there. Absolutely. What a great, great way to just like dive in. So I was really thinking about how to how to like bring this macro micro together with this as far as like just universal principles. And one of the things I'm going to look at my notes for a moment that I wrote down is that, you know, a lot of our likes and our dislikes is that we're programmed very early on. Oh, you'll like this. Oh, don't do that. You won't like that. You know, you go out, you go out with these kinds of guys, you like that. You know, it's, it's very subversive. Our parents do it as well. And I know that there's always, you know, good intent behind it. But what starts to happen is when we define ourselves egoically, especially I'm talking about the space, place and time, right? The matter body. When we define ourselves by what it is we like, what we don't like, then what happens is we're making things very definite. And as we make things definite, we're stepping back from our infinite nature. So it's, it's quite a, a fascinating little rub here, right? And um, when, I, when I work with people about this, it's like, oh, I don't like it when it's really, really hot. And it's my question, my next question is, well, if you don't like it when it's really, really hot, and you're in places in the world where you can't control the temperature, are you just going to walk around suffering all the time? Because pain is not a choice. Suffering is. And so, you know, and that, that we can thank, we can thank Buddha for that truly. Right. Because suffering is a choice and, and we avoid the things that we don't like and we are attracted to the things that we do like so that we can avoid suffering. Right. And there's a wonderful teacher out there um, named Sadhguru, and he has a very erudite way of saying, you clean up your likes and your dislikes and 90% of your spiritual work is done. <laughs> Love him, by the way. Yes, I know. And, and this idea of when you start looking at those things that you are naturally, in, in my language of, you know, I grew up in the yoga world. That's where all of my stuff comes from is from old tantric texts of the Vedas. And these are our aversions and our attractions. And when you look at those things that you are averse to, the next question is, well, is it that I don't like it or is that I'm just uncomfortable? Because it's the seat of the discomfort. That's the place where you can create the most beautiful dialogue with the ego. 
that's the place where you can start truly ascending very, very rapidly because it's, it's connection, right? We're here for connection. And it's, it's crazy how we, we come into this whole experience as human beings because we come in and I believe that we come in collectively and then we are programmed that independence is what's best. And I believe that's systemic. I don't believe that's collective. And inside of that system, we're taught that we've got to be the best, give the most and put ourselves last, Right. And then when we start doing things that are a little bit counter to that, it can be really, really uncomfortable. And a lot of times people show that discomfort by how they feel and the sense of, oh, I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. Right. And I always teach my students, especially the ones I've, I have students have worked with me for many years and the ones where they're like, you know, I feel like I'm really I got this stuff on my A game. And I'm like, all right, well, let's still look at what you like and what you don't like. It's a really basic tool. It's literally one in one. And but when you put those two things together, what starts to happen is you can really start looking at your coding. You know, I call this like the, the coding consciousness is, is a book that I'm working on. And it's this idea of looking at your unique algorithm, right? The way you're wired and going, oh, you know, I don't like this. Okay, well, why don't I like it? Just start a dialogue about it. Be your own best friend because that's not what we're taught to do. And that's how we go back into the, the collective is by truly accepting where we are, you know, and you can really see that right now, Angel, with what's happening politically. People who are used to one party, now they don't like that party line, but they feel like they can't switch to another party because they're defined by this party. And now their ability to infinitely choose that which resonates at the highest vibration for the benefit of all is limited by the like or dislike by a party line that doesn't even resonate. I know you know, it, the word that came up that I, the first word I wrote down as you were speaking was polarization, you know, keeping things on opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, having debates, you know, good and bad, yin and yang, light and dark, like all of these things. And so the one other thing that I get from the whole polarization conversation is ego. And it sounds like to me what you, what I like that you that you said was that it's the seed of discomfort and it's learning how to communicate with the ego. So many of us are kind of like trying to push the ego down, like bad boy, bad boy, bad boy, right? And if you get used to the discomfort, like I mean, I thought of all the things I don't like. I don't like snails. I hate being cold. You know, all of these things. So I'm like, okay, well, let's you know get to the root of this, and that's the ego, you know, trying to keep me, you know, safe and secure but also not evolving, you know, mm -hmm. like, well, what if you just tried to do this? So I guess where, where is the starting point here? You know, if we're going to communicate with the ego, we're going to, we're going to, okay, Mindy, I'm going to look at what makes me <laughs> uncomfortable. All right. What's the first step? Like where, where do we need to start? Having, how do we have the conversation? With the yeah, ego? I think that's a great, great question. And, and the first step is just literally that single question of when you have that reaction, right? I always teach that your reaction versus response is a huge indicator of where your consciousness is in the spectrum of your awareness, right? And so if you find something that, you know, I love the word that you use, which is trigger. If something triggers you and you just have that like instantaneous reaction, like you didn't even think it just happened, 
that's a place for you to just kind of look at that and go, okay, you know, and, and a lot of times it'll happen after the storm, as I like to say, and, and you look at the fallout of that and you go, well, did I, did I really want to behave that way? Did I really want to react that way? And if I didn't, then why did I react that way? And it's simply this lovely dialogue of, you know, for myself, the way I really started was I knew that I wanted an equanimous state of mind. I wanted equanimity, you know, equanimity in everything that I, I could possibly do. And a big part of that was as my husband, he was diagnosed with a, a deadly illness. He passed away. And as that process was happening, there was a lot of shit I didn't like, girl. There was a lot of stuff going on that I was not happy about, but instead of letting it eat me up and spiral me down, I just would tell myself, I love you. I'm going to be compassionate with you. And let's just listen to why we don't like it. Why don't we like it? Well, it makes me feel this way, or it makes me feel that way. And, you know, I believe angel that our feelings are our compass. Right. So if you can, if you can start to just navigate or a better word for that is negotiate the terrain of the discomfort based on that emotional landscape, what really starts to happen is you, you start navigating from a place of the infinite true North, as I refer to it, right. Which is divinity. You know, I always tell my students, I've got a one track pace and it's true North. And as I'm heading, as I'm ascending in that, Part of that is loving the ego. You know, you don't want to put the ego aside. The ego is what keeps you safe in this three-dimensional material world. And that's a great asset to you. So befriending that and simply going, tell me why you're not comfortable. Tell me why this doesn't make you feel good, right? It creates this connection, which naturally leads to communication, which creates clarity. And when you have clarity, you have this ability to respond to life versus react to it. And that naturally breeds resilience. It's like this just perfect boom, boom, boom that starts to happen. And it takes practice like any, like any good tool, right? If you want to be a really good, um, if you want to be a good jewelry maker, you make lots of jewelry. If you want to be a great actor, you do lots of acting. You want to be a great writer, you write a lot. You can't just like do it a few times and then be like, oh, well, that didn't work. <laughs> So yeah, I think the easiest way, really simple, is to just go, well, why does that make me uncomfortable? Why do I not like that? You know? So here's a question, because this is a lot of shadow work, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really looking at the things that make us uncomfortable, which is our shadow. And I feel like there's something like daunting about facing a shadow, facing the part of us that's like, I don't know if those girls are talking about, like, what is she saying about the political thing? Like that, like they can't even hear what they can't hear. They can't hear what is being said. So I feel like there's the stigmatism around shadow work, um, around looking at things that do make us uncomfortable, things that we're embarrassed to talk about. You know, we've been very conditioned by the system to talk about how much money we make or to talk about intimate things, you know, and I've watched, you know, just my clients, you know, come, I'm like, you guys just talk about all the weird stuff. They're like, but nobody's talking about it. Nobody's going to get it. I'm like, but that's why you need to talk about it. Because the more that we're all just talking about all kinds of stuff, then that starts to feel normal. That starts to feel not as scary. And so, you know, what's your advice to those who are, I don't want to open that door. 
Yeah, what a great question. And so I'm, I'm going to stick with this olive idea because I love it. I love it. So, you know, there's, there's so many ways to like stuff an olive, right? You've got garlic, you've got blue cheese, you've got pimento, you've got all these little things that you can stick inside of an olive. But at the end of the day, the olive is still what's surrounding the thing that's hidden inside, right? So the only way you're going to know what's on the inside is if you look at it right? And sometimes we, we take a bite of something and we're like, Ooh, I definitely don't like that. And we set it aside and maybe we come back around to it. You know, maybe you come back around to it 20 years later, two days later, maybe it's lifetimes later. Right? So the thing is, I really want people to simply start asking this in ways that are really digestible for you. Ask it in ways that are, okay, you know, let's go back to the olive. Maybe you know you don't like olives. So obviously, let's just say, okay, cool. That's a non sequitur. We don't even have to go there. (laughs) Right? But if you don't like the color orange, what is it about the color orange that you don't like? What does it stimulate? What does it make you feel? And that's the hook, right? Your feelings are the way for you to start creating a lovely dialogue with your ego. When you start really looking at those feelings, that's when you're going to dive into the shadows, but from a spectrum of compassion and self-love. And when you love yourself, you're loving the divine nature that you are, which means you're living in alignment with divinity. And that is ascension by proxy of just being you. I love it. So beautiful. I mean, at the end of the day, um, there is uh, a guy, his name is Noah St. John. I've quoted him a few times. And, you know, this concept of affirmations of, you know, saying things of gratitude to bring in what it is that you uh, want to attract in your life. Well, his whole thing was to ask harder questions. If you want to get more out of your life and you want to, you know, do these shadow works, ask the harder questions. You know, maybe you'll start with the why ladder, like, well, why don't I like you know, snails? Why don't I like olives? You know, what is it about? Is it too salty? So, and then you go and then, well, why is that too salty? Why is salty a thing for you? Like why, why, why? Until you actually get down to the reason, which has probably nothing to do with the olive, but the fact that your mom made you eat some nasty ass olive when you were like two, and it just (laughs) gave you a, a limiting belief around it. And now it just stuck with you forever. So thank you so much for shedding light. Any final words before we wrap up today? Have fun with it. This isn't, you know, this is a limited engagement being human. So just have fun with it. This isn't a life or death. It's a like or a dislike. And you might learn something amazing about yourself. And then that will affect everyone. And, you know, when you do something for yourself, it's for the benefit of all beings everywhere, especially when it's ascension oriented. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Mindy. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Talk to you next time.